Yo, guys, what's up? It's Aiden Tiger Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for March 27th, 2018. My tea is... Oh, almost the perfect temperature. Oh, very good. I'm a little bit annoyed right now because... Oh, am I annoyed? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just disappointed in myself because I... Uh... <laughs> Whoops, that. Am I annoyed? Am I really annoyed though? Or am I just disappointed in myself? Um, because I haven't gotten my shit together and got more English breakfast tea, so I'm drinking fucking Redbush tea, uh, that rooibos stuff, before I had some chamomile, just sweet tea for little fucking Nancy boys, you know? Like, I want some, some, some proper fucking English tea, yeah? Give me a fucking normal tea. With milk and sugar. I actually take my tea black, no sugar. But give me a normal tea, yeah? A fucking normal English tea. None of this Nancy fancy farting around. Fucking sweet boy tea. I want my normal tea because I'm a normal British lad. Yeah, I just want black tea, you know? And I just keep forgetting to get it. And, like, my housemate Naomi has this fucking loose leaf shit. That is English breakfast tea, and you have the, she has this weird metal contraption to like put it in. It's like um, how would I describe this? It, lo- <laughs> it looks like something you would like use to rip off someone's balls. Like it's it's uh, I guess it's like a a thin metal mesh in two halves. So imagine a thin metal mesh sphere cut in half. Um, and then each of one half is attached to this like spring, so it opens up like a like a kind of grabby claw, like a like a half of a hungry hungry hippo mechanism, right? Imagine if you attach two of those to each other, and then when you press them down, both of the hippos open up and then go um and they they grab the loose leaf tea, and then the mesh stops the tea from getting out of the thing, and then you put it in your in your in your cup of hot water, and then it makes tea. <laughs> We all know how tea works, right? Um, but the thing doesn't work perfectly. Like, of course it doesn't, because the spring is, like, it's it's taut and effective, but the the two halves of the sphere, even with the metal seal, like, they don't line up, you know? So um, some of the tea always gets out, and then you're just left with fucking dregs of tea in the bottom of your tea. Tea, 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 tea. Either way, I'm not drinking that. I'm drinking fucking Rubus tea, and I just want... My fucking English breakfast, you know? And I, I didn't realise that I like tea as much as I evidently do until very recently. And now I'm like, fuck, man, I want my tea. I had that. I always used to be like an Earl Grey boy because I was like, Earl Grey, you know, it's um, it's like a nice, like it's very delicate and it, it, you have to steep it for the perfect amount of time or else it goes tart. And I was like, no, it's great. And people would all be like, no, you know, you want that black English breakfast tea, man. It's strong. And I was like, yeah, I like my tea strong, but not like blah, blah, blah. No, man, I flipped my opinion entirely. Black English breakfast tea, strong and good with a bit of kick to it. Something to wake your ass up in the morning, but not too strong like a black coffee that will leave you jittery and nervous. All right. So that's where I'm at. Um, Comedy festival starts tomorrow. That's important, isn't it? The Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Micketh, starts tomorrow. My show, The Abisham Flat, starts tomorrow as well at Pilgrim Bar at 8.15 and uh, every day except Sunday until the 7th of April. Man, I'm pumped. Um, tickets are selling well. First show's already sold out. I have been going around to cafes and uh, 
and like talking to people and um you know like offering the staff free tickets and shit man i went into uh this joint yesterday i can't remember the name of it but it's in fitzroy right i used to work at this place called backyard eating which was on the corner of kerr and napier streets in uh, in fitzroy in melbourne and um i wrote a blog about it actually if you're looking for something to read go check out this blog that i wrote called um called backstreetcaution.blogspot.com. That was the uh, address. And I wrote this blog because the guy that I worked for was this dude called Stuart, and he had lost $600,000 in this cafe in uh, in two years, right, owning this cafe, because he just had no idea how to run the thing. We got, in the, to- in the like, three months that I worked there, um, we got broken into... Uh, and like the safe stolen and the fucking, uh, till smashed up, which he never repaired. I had, um, people who he owed money to calling me by the end, like two, three times a day, they were calling me asking for their money. Um, we had no bacon for days on end cause he just didn't have the money to pay any of the creditors. He would like change companies on suppliers so that he like didn't have to pay the old bills and just ran up all these old bills. Oh, it was insanity. Right. And the guy was a drunk. And he would go out all night and then uh, come in in the morning and, like, pour himself a few, few like, vodkas in a coffee cup and then, like, drive away and fucking go on with the rest of his day, come back at 6 p.m. and then do the most pathetic, awful dinner service I've ever seen in my life. It was horrific, right? Um, I'm, actually, I'm just going to see if I can turn my laptop off there because I keep getting, like, ba-dungs, um, which are Facebook messages, and I don't want that. While I'm trying to record my fucking podcast, okay? I'm trying to record this podcast and I don't need notifications coming from you, Lenovo. I'm just gonna put I'm just gonna put it in the fucking passage. Anyway, so yesterday, right, that's what I was talking about. Um Backstreet. So I worked for Stu and he was a fucking idiot. And I found out later on that he would sit at the other cafe slash wine bar across the road from us and watch because I was the manager, so I was there by myself from, like, every every day from, like, 1 p.m. to, like, 6 p.m. when he would come in. And I found out some days he would just sit across the road in the other cafe and watch me work. <laughs> to, like, check if I was working, which I was not, absolutely not. Um, often I would just sit at the bar because no one was coming in. The, like, Stu was such a maniac and the service was so bad. Like, oh, no one would come in. I mean, the food was fucking shit. And, uh, the place was so big, so it was just always looking empty. Um, I had a lovely time, man. All the regulars that I served were so great, but there was no one else coming into the business. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I would sit across the So Stu would sit across the road. Oh. And uh, and watch me work and like drink gin out of a coffee cup, um, and I went into that place across the road yesterday and uh, gave them my flyer and was like, hey, what's up? You know, come to my show, blah blah blah. And uh, the chick who was working there was just, I was like, oh yeah, I used to work at that joint, and she just sounded off, man. She was like, oh that fucking guy, that Stuart who used to come in here and drink gin out of a paper coffee cup and sit there and watch you guys work, except he wouldn't watch you guys because she said he was always telling her about the bars that he got kicked out of the night before and all this stuff. And she goes, I was so unimpressed with him 
as a like as a person and a business owner. <laughs> we really connected on that level. I gave her the address of the blog. That that's backstreetcaution.blogspot.com if you want to read that. Um yeah, gave her the address of the fucking thing and uh and she was like, "Oh, 100%, I'm going to read this and I'll see you on Thursday at your show." So that was fucking sick. I think I might I still I need to write the last episode of that blog. There was one, I I left it at a to be continued when and then I went away in July to like to London and Edinburgh and shit. And I came back and I asked for my job back. <laughs> and he had read the blog. <laughs> and he was so angry. But he sat down with me and I managed to like almost convince him to rehire me. <laughs> and then I found out later the reason he didn't rehire me is because his wife said he'd be an idiot to hire that guy again after he wrote those things about you. <laughs> God, the guy was a fucking idiot. Um, he remortgaged his house because his business was failing so badly. I mean, that is sad. And he has a family and shit, but like, he ran it so badly. Like, he was such a fucking moron. It's like, yeah, this is what happens when you show up late to work for your own cafe that you are supposed to be running and taking care of, you know? Oh, and like get drunk there by himself until 5am at night and then like just pathetic fucking stuff, you know. So um, I think I might write the last part of that story because I went in there after the new owners took over and I told them about it and uh, I found out now that he is uh, back driving a garbage truck. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he had two years in the limelight. Dude's like 45, and he had like two years in the limelight running a cafe, and he goes like, yo, I love this place, mate. I love it. Um, and, then, and, then, and then he's back to driving a fucking garbage truck. Jesus Christ. I don't think, after seeing that, like I'm never, I'm never opening a place uh, by myself. I mean, I, I probably wasn't going to anyway, but you know, I think everyone kind of entertains a little bit. If you, if you're someone who likes going to bars and cafes and shit, I think everyone kind of on some level entertains the idea that they would like to, you know, have a little place. It's like the place where, um, you know, all their friends come and hang out and there are the regulars there every day and they're standing behind the bar, polishing a wine glass, waiting for someone to come in. And it's like, it's like the cheers bar or something, you know, the bar where everyone knows your name, but it's not like that, right? It's like when you start comedy, all your friends come out for the first one. And then after that, they're, I mean, they've got their own shit going on. People, Your friends aren't going to come out of the woodwork to support you. You have to make your thing like the meeting place for everyone in your neighborhood and then they become your friends, right? That's it. You Like in comedy, all your friends become... Your, your, the comedians become your friends, right? Because that's the people that you see all the time and your actual friends or your friends who were friends from before when you started comedy, they start coming out a little bit here and there and then after a while they'll see you once a year when you do your comedy festival show when you've got something new, you know, like a thing that they'll want to come and see. But that, you can't expect them to be a part of your business. They're your mates. 
And it's the same with opening a place. You can't expect your mates to be a part of the business that you open. Your new friends are now your clientele and the people that have something to do with your business. I wonder if that's true for everything. Like as you get further and further into a career, you really, your circle of friends becomes more about that career. So if you, what am I trying to figure out here? What bit of information am I trying to pull out of this fucking, (laughs) this swirling, uh, like merry-go-round of, I think I'm just rambling at this point. I'm just trying to figure out a way to rip on people who still hang out with the people they hung out with in in high school. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm trying to do, is I'm trying to figure out an empirical way to prove that if you hang out and get beer and shit with the people who you you hung out with in high school, then you're a passionless fucking loser. That's right, Uh, Steve Pavlutis. Uh, I turned down a gig um, a couple of weeks ago for the 28th or 29th or whatever of May because it's the day that my uh, my high school reunion's on. I'm going back, man. That's the commitment. I turned down a gig, a paid gig for 100 bucks on that night, which now is like, that means I'm definitely going to my high school reunion. I'm going back to Adelaide for it. I can't remember whether I spoke about this on the podcast already or not, but uh, fuck it, man. I'm doing it. I'm really interested. I went to a really nice school. I want to see what all those people are doing, you know? Like Steve Pavlutis. I bet he's fucking killing it. Oh, man. Steve Pavlutis is fucking probably has an engineering degree by now. And uh, Steve Pavlutis' family, how's this? (laughs) If Steve Pavlutis or anyone who knows him is listening, fucking give him a shout out, man. He, um... (laughs) I wonder if that's, like, bad form to, um to mention someone's full name on the podcast. I'm really realizing that I'm, uh, I'm really realizing, God, that's the start of a beautiful poem. I am really realizing the real realities of my, uh, retina. (laughs) That means vision, guys. I'm talking about my vision of the world. Fuck me. Stay on fucking point, idiot. I'm really realizing that I'm, uh, (laughs) really, 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 really realizing that I'm very lucky to have a a family that I don't need to hide anything from. Like, some people really can't have their personal lives out in the open. They're, they're just... Their parents are just not cool with knowing that kind of stuff. And it's like... I, I don't understand that. I'm a fucking adult. I will do whatever I want. And, like, either you're going to stop loving me, in which case you didn't really love me in the first place, or you're just going to accept that these are the things that I do, you know? And I'm going to try and obviously be like a, as good a person as I can or whatever, but you've got to have faith that I'm I'm trying my best to live a good life. Yeah, like if your parents, if you're like, I don't know, man, taking recreational drugs, right? Either you have a problem or you don't. Oh, no, no, I've just lost my fucking train of thought again because maybe your parents are worried about you taking recreational drugs. I don't know, man. I don't give a fuck if my mum like, knows that I take recreational drugs, because I'm still doing comedy, I'm still doing my thing, I have my passions, and I, I'm fucking, you know, it's just like a respect thing, it's like she trusts that I'm gonna live my life in a good way, and that those things that I do are my own business, right, that I'm still, I'm still fucking 
working hard. I'm still trying to do whatever projects that I have on the run, and I'm putting the like I'm doing them to the best of my ability. It's like why is it fucking anyone else's business what I do? It's a hundred percent not. That's why it's weird when people say to me like, "Oh, don't say my name in this," or "Don't like." People will, like, don't mention my name on stage. Ugh. Like the fucking, uh, the chick, um, who I won't mention her name out, out of respect, right? She, she said that I can't, so I won't. Um, but it's like the girl who I got chlamydia, or no, who, the, in my fucking chlamydia story, which is the start of my show, me and all my friends had sex with, like, the same people, and we all thought we got chlamydia, but I was the only one who had chlamydia, and, uh, there was one girl that I'd slept with in the story that I thought I got it off of, and I told her because there are some because uh, there are some other details in the show that I needed to just check with her if they were true. And I I was like, dude, isn't this so crazy that this happened and this happened? What a coincidence! And she was like, don't say don't. That's cool, but don't mention my name on stage. And it's like, motherfucker, no one gives a fuck who you are. No one cares. No one that I'm performing to knows who you are. You're not in the public eye. I she I don't know what she does. She's probably a vet or some shit, right? That's just like, dude, you don't. No one fucking needs to know who you are. Even the people whose dogs you fix, <laughs> fix, <laughs> like it's a computer. Even the people whose dogs you fix don't fucking need. They don't know your last name. You chat to them. Oh, Noreen, how are you? Oh, it's a bit rainy today, isn't it? Billy's still going on with his math tests. They don't know that your last name is Brown. Her last name is Brown. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> but you don't know her first name, but the people who know her do know her. <laughs> am I a dick for doing that? Fuck, I probably am. I'm not going to bleep it out, though. I don't have time. Um, what was I talking about before that, though? Steve Pavlutis, right? Used to, um, I'm so impressed with myself that I remembered that straight away. <laughs> I'm so impressed with myself that I didn't have a period of downtime where I was like, um, uh, uh, um, and I'm, I'm that amount, I'm so impressed with myself that I'm going to create that period of where I'm still putting off telling the story. <laughs> hey, look, guys, I didn't waste your time. Now watch me waste my time talking about it. Um, uh, Steve Mavlutis used to, uh, have pigeons, and his family used to raise pigeons. <laughs> what? What the fuck is that? Oh, my days. I didn't know that was a thing. He told me in high school. We were friends in year eight, and, uh, and then fucking... I remember I went around his house a couple of times and he was like, let me show you our pigeons. <laughs> He's just got all these fucking pigeons in cages around the side of his house, you fucking serial killer. <laughs> what do they have tied to their legs, the coordinates of the bodies you've buried, you fucking sociopath? <laughs> mm. I say me and Steve Pavlutis were friends for year eight because how fucking, how's this... This always left a sour taste in my mouth, right? In year eight, we were friends, me, uh, Steve Pavlutis, and Russell Jones. And people don't know this about Russell Jones. 
I'm fine. I'm having so much fun talking about these people that who no one knows because they're not like public figures or anything. In, but talking about them in a way that's like people don't know this about Russell Jones. Newsflash. Uh, he used to have that lateral lisp. So in year eight, he used to talk like this, and he had that. It's called a lateral lisp. When you talk, when you speak at the side of your mouth, behind your teeth like that, and then uh, in uh, at the end of year eight, he got a speech speech therapist for his speech, so he could socialise more effectively. And uh, in year nine, he didn't have a lisp anymore. And he still doesn't. His diction is perfect now. To, oh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's regressive. I haven't seen him in like eight years. Maybe it came back. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's like cancer. Um, uh, but that summer, in between year eight and year nine, right, I fucking called Steve Pavlutis. This is what, like, it would have been so much more crushing if social media was around, I guess. Like, I I tried to hang out with Steve Pavlutis, and I reckon I called him every week, at least once a week, for that whole summer to hang out, and I didn't see him once. And that summer, my mum still remembers it and will tell me about it. Like, dude, you were so bored that whole summer. You were just sitting around. I didn't have any friends. My friends from primary school all had their new friends from high school. I hadn't made the friends that I, like, ended up becoming close with for the rest of high school. My closest friends in high school were Russell Jones and Steve Pavlutis. And I don't know why. I don't think I wanted to hang out with Russell Jones. So, fucking, there's a pot calling a kettle black. But... Steve Pavlutis, man, like, he just didn't return my calls for the whole summer. So I had, like, nothing to do. It was horrific. And uh, and then in, like, the new year, came back and, like, he just acted like nothing happened. I think I'm still upset about that. And that's why I'm going to the fucking high school reunion so I can punch Steve Pavlutis in his fucking Greek nose why didn't you hang out with me in 2004? <laughs> yeah, man. We were never friends after that. I guess he was hanging out with all of his cousins or something. He just had more friends or... I don't fucking know. Oh, Yeah, I am still... I am still... I, if I'm honest with myself, that does still annoy me that that happened. <laughs> Who the fuck are you to do that to me, Taco? <laughs> Oh, that was such a bummer. How's this, right? I was just talking about uh, whether I'm a good person or not. I need some opinions on... On uh, Saturday night, I went out uh, to Fitzroy, which is like... I didn't have enough money for an Uber home. It's like a 40-minute walk from, from home, I reckon. And I just wasn't enjoying the night, you know? Like... Uh, I I really wanted to go, me and Blake were drinking at home, and I had, um, I was like, I kind of want to go to a house party, but I don't know any, so I googled house party Melbourne, <laughs> and I found a thing on Eventbrite that was like, uh, it was like Naomi's singles party, and it was like some lady had, oh, fuck this, man, oh, I'm going to bring it up, I have to bring it up, oh, maybe it's not going to be there anymore. Ah, no, I couldn't find it, soz, guys, but it was super lame, it was like, it was like, um, this lady had just gone, uh, I know a bunch of really cool single people, and, um, we're gonna have them all around to my house, 
uh, and she had like all the details. So it was like between 40 and 120 people. And then it was like, what ages to expect? And she'd written uh, between 30 and 50, but I'm not checking IDs. So who knows? <laughs> Which is super creepy. Um, and it just, it's, it's the entry was $50, but it was a suggested donation to go towards Cambodian kids that fucking got shot in the head or something. And, um, I was like, dude, you know what? This I kind of want to just go to this. And Blake was like, oh, I'm not a hundred percent against it. And then Blake's mate Brendan rocked up, so we were all hanging out. And I was like, told Brendan about it, and he was like, I'm not that against it. So I was like, dude, we're fucking going. And then they were like, oh no, I don't know, man. It sounds a bit weird. <clears throat> I would, oh, fucking, it would have been so much fun to rock up at that thing and just to see. Um, I bet it would have been a bunch of mid-30s young professionals sitting around drinking cocktails trying to fuck each other. I don't know. Maybe it would have been a kinky thing. That's the thing, man. We don't know what it was. But they didn't go. They just... We went to fucking stupid... Ugh, I'm so annoyed at the way that fucking night went. We went just again to stupid fucking um, laundry fucking hip-hop club and it sucks. I... Laundry fucking stinks. It's a waste of money. God damn it, I fucking hate it. I've just decided right now I hate laundry. Um, we went there, and I, I was there for like an hour. Brendan paid my entry. Thank fuck. I just did not want to go. And uh, after an hour, I was just like, yeah, I'm going home, man. Fuck this place. And uh, so I'm walking home, and like... I must have been like uh, five minutes into the walk and I'm like getting ready for the long, or, you know, I'm like mentally preparing myself like, okay, I'm just going to be walking right now and listen to a pod. And then there was a bike just leaned up against a pole, right? And it was, it was near Carlton Gardens. So it was like on one side of the street, there was the gardens and on the other side of the street, there were like a few houses. Um, it was not out the front of any particular house. Like, if someone owned it in one of the houses, they would have put it inside the walls, right? So it was definitely on the street. Um, and it wasn't locked up. It was just there. It was just bike. And I think I realized it wasn't locked up because I, like, walked past it, and maybe I, like, I like bumped against the handlebar or something like that, and it fell over. And I was like, oh, that's not locked up. And I saw it, and I, like, um, the tires were pumped up, but the brakes were all all fucked up, um, like the cables are all sh- shredded and not connected and shit, um, but I just got on and I, I rode it home, and it took me five minutes to ride home, as opposed to it would have been like a half an hour to to walk, um, and I got home and Naomi was like, dude, did you just steal a bike? And it's like, did I steal a bike? Or did I find a bike that I decided to ride? Like, is it really that bad? I man, I feel like if someone's leaving a bike on the road like that, it's it's fair game. I don't know. If you're fucking look, if it's the middle of the day and like um, it's in the city somewhere and there's a lot of people around, that's one thing. But in the middle of the night and it's just out the front, it's not. I wouldn't even say it's out the front of a house. I would say it's on the street. And there's a big distinction there. But it's like if someone, even even if like some dude rode to his mate's place and uh, and was like, I don't know, buying weed and then he was going to leave or something, surely you put your bike in the front yard. I wouldn't have taken it if it was in someone's front yard, but it was on the street. 
And I've told, like, I've told a bunch of people, and everyone's like, you stole a bike. And I'm like, fuck you, I didn't steal a bike. <laughs> and I gave it to Naomi. She was like, can I have it? And I was like, oh, 100%. Um, so there, it went to a good home. <laughs> I really don't feel, like, this is not going the way that I planned. I don't feel like I'm defending myself in a very uh, convincing way right now. I really feel like I'm just trying to convince myself that I didn't steal a bike. But I did it! Ugh, maybe I did. <laughs> I don't know. It was on the street. I feel like my moral compass is a little bit skewed in these kind of circumstances. Like, I fucking... Um, I remember one time in, like, 2010 or 9, I was hanging out with mates, and we got a bus into the city on a Sunday night, and I found a... Like a t this was even less of a situation where I, I should have felt bad. I found a little... Like a kid's push bike. And it was a, it was night time. It was like midnight. And I found a kid's push bike on the side of the road and like got on it and was like, yay, a bike! And like rode it, you know, like a half a K or whatever to the club we were going to. And then when I got there, I like stopped and I let all my mates catch up and they were like, dude, what the fuck? You fucking stole a kid's bike. And like... And they were like, you should take it back. And I'm like, I'm not fucking taking it back. Fuck you. I'm going to leave it here. It's fucking midnight. If there's a kid out who left his bike there at midnight, he needs to learn the ways of the world. <laughs> Motherfucker's going to steal your shit. Lock it up, dude. Or don't be out with your little pushy at midnight. Right? What are you doing out at midnight with a bike that size anyway? Unless you're a midget, in which case I'm sorry for stealing your, your bike. <laughs> You've already had enough bad luck. Um... Ah, and so and so they took the bike back, and I and I felt kind of sheepish for like a fucking like five seconds, and then I was like, "Fuck this! I'm going into the club." And those dudes were gonna be like twenty minutes later because they're taking this bike and putting it back against the wall for just another fucking crackhead to steal. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like that kid was going to come back and be like, oh, my bike's new there. Someone else a hundred percent took it like a fucking half an hour later. God damn it. And that's what I'm saying. Like, with that bike that I... Okay, stole. <laughs> oh, God. In that bike that I found on the street on Saturday night, if I'm not taking that, surely over the course of a Saturday night, when it's like 500 metres from fucking Brunswick Street and Fitzroy, someone else has taken that bike. That bike's not there in the morning, right? Like... If it's not locked up. If it's locked up, yeah, totally. You can put it wherever the fuck you want. People are real chill about that. I left a bike locked up outside the Exford over Christmas and New Year's, and it was there on the 3rd of December. But most normal people, no. Like, lock your bike up, man. People are going to take that shit. I did a good thing stealing that bike because I gave it to a good home. Naomi's a lovely girl, and she deserves a bike. I think I'm going to take it to Ceres on the weekend. Huh? Can't this weekend because it's cunting Easter, but I think I'm going to take it to uh, Sarah's is this like free bike repair workshop place that they have in Melbourne. It's fucking awesome. I'll probably take it there the weekend after and get it all fixed up. Oh, anyway, I think that's it, man. Have I fucking rambled for? Yeah, yes. Sorry, I couldn't find the details of that party. Fuck, it was funny. I wish we could have gone. Next time I have an idea like that. I'm 100%. I'm like, dude, remember that last night that we had and how shit it was? Well, it's my time to shine. Me. We're doing my stupid idea, because at least my idea involves a modicum of adventure. 
Oh, God, don't want to go to the party. It's going to be weird. We're just going to get there, and then we'll just be... Yeah, that's the whole point. And we'll meet some new fucking people rather than going and dancing to fucking Post Malone for the fucking the, the fifth time that night. Ah! The music's good, but I fucking... I hate the vibe there. You've got to be drunk to fucking enjoy that shit. God, I'm so fucking angry that that Saturday night was so shit. I didn't even realise I was angry about that until right now. Oh, that's the podcast, guys. Thank you very much for listening. If you're in Melbourne, please come to my comedy festival show at um, the, the Abisham Flat. The 28th, tomorrow night, is sold out. But uh, the 29th, 30th, 31st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th are all on sale. Um, fucking, let's... Like uh, finish this show up with a bang, man. I really want to. Um, I really want to sell out these shows because after this, the show's done, man. I'm not going to be performing that show anymore. So come check that out at Pilgrim at eight fifteen. All of those dates. Um, and uh, thank you very much for listening. Have a fucking great day wherever you're at. Peace.